We are continuing our Advent series. We are looking at the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. So we are looking today at Luke chapter two. We're reading from verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favour rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I know it's not mentioned very often, but I'm Australian. And uh, in Australia, because we're upside down, Christmas falls at summertime. Anyone here from the Southern Hemisphere? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. See, when I first moved to England, all of the associations that I normally had with Christmas weren't really present. You see, to me, Christmas kind of looks like this. It looks like my mom placing a big kilo of prawns in front of my big brother and I with the challenge, whoever peels the most, eats the most. And never have you seen two children rip the heads off a crustacean any faster. <laughs> when I think of Christmas, I think not of like cozying up by the fire with your mulled wine. I think about the beach. I think about cricket. I think about sunscreen. We used to do this thing, my brothers and I, we used to play cricket on our, in our street and we would wheel like the bins out as the wickets and we would play cricket and every now and then you'd hear this, and we'd all kind of like wheel the bins back and wait for the car to pass and then wheel them back out. When I think of Christmas, I think of carols by candlelight, which was always outside in an outdoor amphitheater. And we'd sit on picnic blankets on dry grass and we'd pull cold drinks from the esky. There'd be the smell of eucalyptus. And I'd have my lit, my lit candle and I'd sway cheerfully to Aussie jingle bells. And my dad would always turn to me and be like, if you drop that, you could start a bushfire. <laughs> That's a bit intense, Dad, isn't it? So we all have things that are most familiar to us at Christmas time. And there are familiar stories that we revisit again and again at Christmas, usually with some kind of motif of a bearded man, be it a Santa or a shepherd. <laughs> we all think about this story and we think, yeah, this is, this is pretty familiar to me. I've heard this before. I, we sing carols about it and we see it on the cover of Christmas cards and we go to different performances that kind of reenact this moment. This isn't really a new story for a lot of us. But I wonder if tonight you could imagine that you were hearing this story for the very first time. What would it feel like if this story, this announcement, this good news was in fact news. I wonder if the shepherds were on earth today and they were retelling this story. I wonder if they would burst through the doors at the back and run down the aisles and loudly proclaim to all of us, guys, have you heard? 
We've just heard the best news. It's better than you think. The Saviour of the world has come. This long-awaited Messiah that we have been poised and waiting for, He's come. He's born today. I wonder what it would look like for us if we were a people who carried the wonder of this good news. If we didn't simply join in with the song of the angels and the heavenly hosts when the carols played, but if our whole lives erupted with praise and proclaimed the message that yes, indeed, the Saviour of the world has come. And in a, in a time in which our culture is kind of obsessed with bad or even fake news, to proclaim good news is a really radical act. So I wanna be really bold with you tonight and I wanna exhort you and encourage you that your lives were purposed to be a demonstration of good news. Your lives were purposed to proclaim on a daily basis this declaration, that the Saviour of the world has come. This is good news of great joy for all people. We read in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I wonder what you do when you've got some big news to announce. I used to work as a publicist in a major TV and radio network in Australia. And whenever my network had an announcement to make, like um, a new show was being announced or a C-grade celebrity was exiting from reality TV, it was my job to ensure that we got enough media exposure to make sure that everyone in Australia knew about this news. And so I can remember this one time that I was on the phone to a journalist and uh, I, I remember having this conversation. I, I said to him, hey, look, I know that the Prime Minister is announcing the Australian government's renewable energy policy today, but it's not very sexy, is it? It's not gonna make your papers fly off the shelf, right? I've got a story that I think your readers really wanna hear. I think this is the kind of story, this is the kind of news that is gonna make your readers really excited. You see, today we're launching this radio promotion and we're doing it with a seriously good stunt. Here's what we're gonna do, are you ready? We're gonna get as many people as possible to kiss underwater at the same time. We're gonna break a record too. And if you want the exclusive photo op, it's yours. <laughs> I can remember the journalist was like, look, Suze, I love you and I would do anything for you. Um, I just gotta say, it's not, it's not news. I was like, I beg to differ. But in our world, when there's a big announcement to be made, we find all of the channels and all of the platforms we need to ensure that that announcement is heard by as many people as possible. And we love a good scoop, yeah? We love an exclusive. We love when news is broken to the right people, when they hear things first, those people with publicity and prestige and fame. If this really was as groundbreaking as, as everyone says it is, then surely, the angels would have announced this exclusive to someone with at least 500,000 Instagram followers. 
I mean, if this was about God, then at the very least, out of respect, the angel should have announced this message to the leaders in the temple. And if this was indeed about a Messiah, if it was about a king, then surely at the very least, out of duty, they should have announced it to King Herod, who was the king at the time. But the shepherds, those without prestige, those without power, those without influence, those without fame, to announce it to them. You know, if I were advising the angels on their publicity strategy for their good news of great joy for all people, it's highly unlikely that I would have told them to announce that to a bunch of religious outcasts and social loners hanging out in a field on the outskirts of a city in the middle of the night. (laughs) Call me crazy, right? But this is what we see here, that the announcement was given to unlikely people in an unlikely place. In 1964, there was a Canadian professor, his name was Marshall McLuhan, and he coined the phrase, the medium is the message. And at a very, very basic level, what he was saying was the way in which information is presented is just as important in shaping our behaviour as the content of the information itself. If I can draw a very long bow, I would suggest to you tonight that the way in which the angels announced the birth of Jesus was as much a message as the announcement itself. All of heaven was poised to reveal the coming of Jesus to those who had not earned the right to hear it because the kingdom of heaven was now available to those who could never earn the right to inherit it. The medium, the glory of heaven, the the angels, the heavenly host, the glory, the very presence of God was revealed to ordinary people in the darkness of night. That's the good news. God took the initiative to break into the midst of an unlikely place amidst unlikely people to reveal to them the good news of great joy, which is Jesus. And this is our joy that the Saviour has come. The King who rescues us from our conflict and our anxiety and our shame, who through His death and resurrection establishes us in His kingdom of peace, He has come. And He's not come for a select group of people who we think are most worthy. He's come for all people, especially those who we would think are least worthy of all. You're not here today because you woke up one morning and you thought, you know what, it's Friday, it's sunny. I think I'm gonna say yes to salvation today. You're not here because you made a bunch of good moral decisions that somehow earned you the right to approach God. You're not here because your gender or your race or your status somehow makes you more qualified to know God. You're here because at some point in your life, the God in heaven broke through into the ordinary messiness of your life and revealed to you through an encounter, the person of Jesus Christ. 
You didn't think your way into the kingdom. You didn't perform your way into the kingdom. You were an unlikely person in an unlikely place and all of heaven was poised to reveal Jesus to you. And the good news of Jesus Christ was never meant to stop with you. You were entrusted to lead people into that very same encounter. And if you're here today and the only reason you're here is because someone, you're just visiting your family and someone in your family was like, mate, if, I'll shout you around if you come to church. Like, so glad that you're here, hey? <laughs> Love that you're here. <laughs> Welcome. I wanna tell you that you're not unseen by God. And I don't say that to make you feel embarrassed or exposed and you know what, it's kind of the human condition to wanna to run from the eyes of God, we all do it. We all wanna cover up our shame and our anxiety and our mess, we somehow think he's offended by it. But I think what we can draw from this story today is that in spite of all of your mess, in spite of the things that God sees, He doesn't exclude you in offense, but He actually invites you to witness the greatest announcement ever made to humanity. The Savior has come. Jesus is born. And here's the thing about Jesus, He always takes the initiative. It's never out of our earning. It's never out of our performing. He takes the initiative. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The Saviour of the world has come and all of heaven is poised to reveal that Jesus, that Saviour to you today. You need only become aware. This is good news of great joy for all people. But this good news, it invites a radical response. We've been singing tonight, like, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. If we only knew what we were singing, right? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna sing that. Not today. <laughs> I'm always struck by the immediacy of the shepherd's response here. In verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They weren't like, guys, I'm just gonna pop this on the group WhatsApp chat. Just check where everyone's at. We can't do it tonight. Maybe we can try for tomorrow, sound okay? No, their response was immediate. Let's go to Bethlehem, let's go and see this thing. Now that word thing there, it's kind of awkward, but what it actually is in the original language is the word rhema, which literally means spoken word. And there are two Greek words used in the Bible to describe the Word of God. One of them is logos, and the other one is rhema. And the, the logos Word of God, it often refers to the constant written Word of God as revealed in the Bible. But the rhema Word of God often refers to the present and spoken Word of God in a moment. And the thing about the rhema Word of God is that it's always allied to the Logos Word. It's always rooted and grounded. And that's to say that whenever God speaks something into the present, it'll never contradict what we read about Him in the Bible. 
And sometimes in our relationship with God, He'll give us a rhema word. He'll release to us a present now word that's allied to the Bible, but He personalises it to us in such a way in order to increase our faith and give us practical wisdom to know how to process the promises in the Bible in our very lives. It's kind of what we call the prophetic ministry, and I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> and what's happening here with the with the shepherds and the angels is that is that the angels are releasing a present, a spoken word from God that is allied to Scripture. See, the shepherds would have known about this Messiah. They would have read about the Messiah. They would have been waiting for this Messiah prophesied about for hundreds and hundreds of years. But in this moment, the rhema word, the present spoken word of God was released to them and they responded with radical faith. Guys, I know we're supposed to be watching the sheep. I know that if we leave the sheep, anything could happen. I know that actually the right thing to do, the appropriate thing to do, the sensible thing to do would be to stay and to keep protecting the flock. And call me crazy, it's been a wild night, but I reckon we should go. I reckon we should respond and to see this thing, this spoken Word of God with our very eyes. I reckon we should take God at His Word and go and see the thing. It was a radical response. And I think there are some of you here tonight and you might be sitting there thinking, oh, oh I think I've received a rhema word. I think I've received a, a present, a spoken word from God. Here's, here's the thing, Susie, it's kind, of, it's kind of unbelievable. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of too good to be true. And here's the thing, I, I think that if I, were, if I were to respond to that, I, you know, it might actually cost me. I would say that I kind of think that sounds like God. <laughs> I kind of think it sounds like God to release to us a word that we couldn't possibly fulfill on our own. It kind of sounds like God to me that He would release to us a word that is kind of a bit of an against all odds word. Because the success against all odds, it reflects well on Jesus. I kind of think that He likes to give us words to speak things into our lives that are so unbelievable to our human mind because He wants to reveal to us that we couldn't possibly achieve those things without Him. He's inviting us into an upgrade, <laughs> always. And I wonder if that you've received a rhema word of God in your life. I wonder if that word is an invitation into a process for you to experience a, nature, a side of the nature of God that you've never experienced before. I wonder if that word is an invitation for you to enter a process where God gets to be something for you that He's never been before. I wonder if that word is an invitation into a process for you to unlock your God-given potential so that you could bring the transformation of Jesus Christ to your family, to your friends, to your workplace, to your university, to this whole city. I wonder if that spoken word of God is an invitation to encounter and reveal the good news of Jesus Christ. So I would say to you tonight, be inspired by this motley crew of rugged shepherds. And even if you just say in a whisper, okay, let's go. I'll take you at your word, God. 
it stretches me a little bit, it's gonna cost me a little bit, then I'm gonna take you at your word. Because with God, <laughs> it's never too good to be true. <laughs> this good news of Jesus, it invites a radical response. And we remind ourselves of this good news again at Christmas time, not out of tradition, not out of familiarity. We do this because it's our way of marking our belief that God came to be with us once. He is still with us today and He will come again to make everything right in the world. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. The Saviour of the world has come and His kingdom will know no end. This is the good news we're entrusted with. And it's always good news to the unlikely people in the unlikely places. Last year, I, last year, last month, I went home, felt like last year, hey. I went home to Australia because my best mate from school is getting married and uh, none of my friends from school are Christians. So I was invited at this wedding to give grace because I'm the religious friend, but yes. And when I was asked, I was like, yes, this is my moment. And I'm super charismatic. I'm like, Lord, I want fire from heaven. <laughs> I'm gonna get a keys player up, we're gonna stand, we're gonna wait, no, I'm kidding. Some of you are like, no, I think you would do that. It's true. <laughs> I was like, okay, I've got two minutes. And I remember saying to the Lord, I'm like, it's two minutes, God, like, like no one there really knows you. And I don't know, I'm just wondering if maybe we can have some fun. Like this is my nature with the Lord. And anyway, I gave my two minutes of grace. I'm not gonna say it was pretty good. And uh, it wasn't intense though. And um, I sat down, no one fell over this time, but I sat down and I was, I was waiting, eating my dinner and the, the best man who I didn't know very well, he came and sat down next to me and he was this, this big, burly Aussie bloke. And he was like, so uh, that thing you said? I was like, oh, you mean the grace? He was like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that was good, eh? I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> he was like, no, like it was, <clears throat> it was really good. I was like, okay, like, like what do you mean? He's like, well, <clears throat> I don't know, like I kind of felt like moved. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean by moved? He's like, <clears throat> yeah, I just kind of felt like this, um, this like warmth in my chest. And I thought, that's weird, because like, I haven't had a drink yet. <laughs> I was like, okay. I said to him, I'm like, oh, you know what? That kind of, I don't know, though. I wonder if maybe that, that might have been Jesus. Like, like, what do you think about that? And it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, but what do you think about that? And that might have been, been Jesus. And he was like, yeah, I thought that. Because, uh, <clears throat> see, the thing is, I had loads of religious jokes in my speech, but... I just thought, no, I'm gonna take him out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that kinda sounds like Jesus to me. <laughs> he was an unlikely person in an unlikely place and all of heaven was poised to reveal Jesus to him. This is the good news that we carry. The savior of the world has come and he's always taking the initiative all of heaven is poised 
to reveal Jesus Christ as the Saviour, as the Messiah, as the Lord today in your life, in your world? And what would it look like if we didn't just think about this only at Christmas time? What would it look like if we prophesied this with our very lives? If everyone around us was the bearer of good news that Jesus has come and He's come to seek and to save the lost. This is good news of great joy for all people.